You're listening to The Chatterbox, the podcast that goes inside the box to chat. Only the hosts know what's in the box, but don't worry, because we're going to throw in some surprises along the way. My name is Brandy, and my husband Jeremy is going to be joining us on the next episode. So, why are we launching this? Well, one of our favorite things to do together is talk about those things that normal people either don't talk about or they just don't talk about in front of other people. So we think it's time to throw it all in the box and make it happen. Now, we're going to keep it family friendly. We're going to keep it clean. So I can't really say nothing's off the table, but I mean, if you got an idea, let us know. We're going to have best house. We got a few lined up already. A couple stay-at-home moms that are small business owners like myself. Uh, local radio DJ, who I just absolutely love. And uh, just whoever wants to join in. Jeremy's going to be joining us most of the time. So, yeah, have a seat. A little bit about Jeremy and I. We have been married, it'll be 13 years in October. We have four kids, three dogs, a rabbit, and a partridge in a pear tree. Um, but they won't let us have chickens in the city. Go figure. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have a partridge, but we do have all the rest of that. So that's why we think it's a good idea to launch this podcast. Because with all that going on, there's always something to talk about. We'll throw in hot topics. And now the chatter box, it's a legit box. It's a real box, people. We're going to put topics in there. You can pick them. We're going to pick them. We're going to do blind taste tests because I love watching those. And I'll participate. The ones where like they put the drinks behind the box and you like sit from the straw and it's like pickle juice or like hot sauce or mix them all together and make a really good Bloody Mary. But anyway, we're going to, we're just going to have fun here. We're going to talk about things from like Walmarters and Karens, which that's on today's episode. And let's see, there was one more that we were going to talk about. Well, before we get into all that, a little bit about me. Like I said, my name is Brandy. I'm fixing to be 43. Four kids, some pets. Um, basically, stay-at-home mom. I've had some, some jobs outside of the home, but ultimately, back in the home, I own a small business. It's a bakery. I bake, like, really yummy, delicious stuff. And we do gluten-free and sugar-free because we want to meet all the needs. Anyway, being home, I tend to have some time on my hands. So that's kind of where the brainchild of this podcast came up. It's my husband and I will sit together and make jokes and talk about things. And like our kids will really take us off and we'll sit there and we'll vent together. And I know that's a relatable topic. And we're going to discuss that and we're, we're gonna discuss like women because we rock we totally rock i myself i'm an entrepreneur i have that mindset where i've i've just got to create i have to keep building i have to keep working towards something i i want my kids to see that i'm driven that i'm motivated that like something doesn't go right, you kind of maybe change things up and try it again. 
and you just, you keep getting up. You're like that little bouncy blow up clown, like from the eighties that, and I just <laughs> gave away my age, but I've already said it on here. So no big deal. You're like that bouncy clown that like you knock over and it just comes right back up. That's what we need to be, especially in this day and age where like women are really, really, really trying hard and it, it's working. We're getting there. So we're gonna we're gonna empower women here. We're gonna have a lot of a lot of women guest hosts, uh, young and old, uh, and my age, everywhere in between. And why we're on the subject of women, I want to talk about Karens. There was a time in my life where I hadn't really encountered one except for like my own mom, and she's only named Karen. She's not a Karen. I love you, mom. But the first of the year this year, on the first day, the day that's supposed to go really well, my husband and I encountered a Karen. Now, what happened was he opened the car door and it hit her vehicle, right? So she gets out and she's really mad. Well, I was already like 10 feet away from the car before I realized what happened. And this gal gets out and she's just irate. She's just a cousin, and my husband, bless his heart, was just trying to be so calm, and he actually approached this lady, and I'm like, don't you do that. So I walked toward, back towards the car. Um, you know, I'm not going to leave my husband there to fend for himself. It's, it's a woman. Women deal with women. Women don't deal with men. You know, like, there's a proper place. Like, you know, she, looked, she said she wasn't talking to me. Well, I was the one driving. It was my car. Just, is your car dinged? Is it scratched? Is it dented? Let's start from there. Because if there's nothing wrong, we got shopping to do. So peace out, homie. Well, she didn't want to listen to me. And my husband, yeah, he, he approached a Karen in the wild. It didn't go well for him. We ended up getting away unscathed. And our short trip, you know, and it happened to be one of those trips where we only needed a few things. It couldn't be the full grocery cart trip where we encountered her, you know, because she said she was going to be waiting outside. Well, anyway, we got the few things that we needed, and lo and behold, she was gone. Thank you, Jesus, when we got out there. Oh, that was a horrible way to start the year. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever encountered a Karen, but if you have, leave it in the comment section if you feel like, if you know how to handle one in the wild. Um, if you know what they eat, um, I'm, I, I know it's something bitter it's, and, and salty. And if you guys want to know where that happened at, it happened at Walmart, the land of Karens or the, the hero of Karens will come and save the Karens day. As if going in there sometimes isn't bad enough. You have to encounter someone in the parking lot and just like kind of set you up for like a bad time. I'm a huge people person till I'm tested. And then like the hood side of the kingdom comes out in me, you know, like I love Jesus. I love him. And there are times when, um, yeah, I just don't like people. And that was one of those times. And my husband, he's not a people person, period, period. 
which is I'm really surprised why he how he approached this this gal was just in shock. He was trying to defuse the situation, and that's just that's not his element. Like I wanted to tell him to stay in his lane, but I mean it all ended well. Like I said, we shopped peacefully for a moment, and I think I went and got a coffee later. Because, I mean, that, that helps. That helps every situation. And why we're talking about Walmart, can we just talk about the quote-unquote fashion that they have right now? I feel like I'm walking through a Friends episode. Or, like, walking down high school, the hallway. Like, and do not get me wrong, I'm probably the biggest Friends fan you're ever going to meet. I won't tell you all the stuff that I have, and I won't tell you that my kitchen is kind of painted the same way with a brick wall. We won't go there. But I don't think this generation uh, is purchasing the clothing, knows what they're in for. With the way those t-shirts cut up into the armpit, do they not know that after like, maybe wearing it twice, that that shirt's going to be ruined, that they're not going to get the stink out of that shirt. And those plastic leather pants or the, the sequin dresses, how pokey they are, these kids don't know. And is it, do we owe it to them to tell them how uncomfortable this stuff is? Or do we sit back and watch like past generations have? I'm kind of leaning on the fence of sitting back and watching and just having more to talk about with you guys. Don't get me wrong. I love the older fashion. But I'm talking like the wide-legged jeans. Like the 70s clothes. And if you know me, you you know I'm a hippie at heart. My bakery has like the 70s orange and yellow and brown tones. With... Like, I think a navy blue tossed in there because I kind of went by the primary color wheel. Um, everything what it matched and nothing threw itself off. But yeah, the bakery's totally like 1970s vibe because that's really who I am. And I have to stay true to who I am. And who I am not is a Karen. So I think that wraps up the topic on that and Walmarters. My next topic, let's see what's in the box. Ooh, the Murdaugh trial. Oh my goodness. All right. First off, I'm just going to say, I think he did it. I'm pretty sure he did it. And oh, bless that poor boy's heart for recording those videos when they said, that it was like him testifying beyond the grave. That just gave me chills. It gave me chills. I don't know if you guys sat and watched the trial, but I was glued to it. And shout out to Ashley Mary on Instagram for following the case. She covers true crime like nobody else. And I am a huge true crime junkie. So if you are, go ahead and follow Ashley Mary on Instagram. And she highlights every every case, every story. So you can go back last year and catch up on an older case. Uh, for instance, uh, Gabby Petito, that's a toughie. Uh, she's got that one covered right now. She's covering the, um, the Idaho murders. Oh goodness. But yeah. 
Murdoch trial. All right, people. Besides the fact that this man, Alec Murdoch, has a history of lying to people and just being as corrupt as an individual can be, the videos that were recorded, the Snapchat footage, it speaks for itself. It puts the man where he says, and he's very adamant about he wasn't there. But the video puts him there. The videos put him there. Okay, what I want to know is where, where are his clothes? Clothes have never been found. And the report shows, states that, like, the housekeeper said she'd never seen the clothes again after that. So, he changed clothes. He, oh, man. He went from speaking to crying right back to speaking right back to it like if i had lost somebody that was that close to me i think i would be a hysterical blobbering mess i'd be like just a mess i'd be in a ball on the ground i'd be incoherent like you wouldn't be able to understand me this man was just from the moment the police arrived he was like hey it's about the boat wreck well Maybe it was. I think he was mad at his son because of the boat wreck. I think he was mad at the boy because there was a domino that made this man's life start to fall apart. Now, it was already unraveling because he was grasping at every dollar to pay back, robbing for Peter to pay Paul. But when his son did what he did and wrecked that boat and that poor girl lost her life and that boy lost the love of his life, that's a domino that started this whole downfall for Alec Murdoch. And I think he did it. Um, why take out the wife, too? I don't know. I have no idea. That's a question that we probably will never know the answer to. Why take out either of them? Seriously. Like, that's my mind won't go there. But as one that loves the documentaries and like I was just I was glued to this trial like I was um up in her trial and that wasn't true crime that was just that was just crazy that was a train wreck that like you really can't pull away from but this this Murdoch trial part of me thought that he wasn't like he that he was gonna get off like he'd be found innocent because like Circumstantial evidence, it's evidence. And then there's direct evidence, like, but they didn't have his clothing. They didn't have the weapons. There, there were a lot of things that they did not have that could have outweighed what they did have. But when he got up, when Alec Murdoch got up on that stand, I'm telling you what, I think he was on something. He, The way he kept moving his jaw and... Like, okay, who, he said, yeah, I, I don't know how long they had been in there. It was like, what, 1130 and court started at 930. He had to use the bathroom. I don't know. Maybe it was 130. I'm not sure about the time, but he needed to use the bathroom. And when he come back, got on that stand, his whole demeanor was different because they have the camera on him when he's sitting there before he gets up on the stand. But then when he gets up on the stand, you can see that he's acting different. And maybe he was nervous, whatever. I mean, I guess I would be too. But he just looked like he was on something. And then reports indicated that 
he was charged with having contraband passed to him in a quote-unquote book um, by a family member. So, I don't know. It could be. But the question remains, why take out the wife and the son? saved him from nothing. They're going to appeal. They've already like started the appeals process. I don't know. They say unfair trial because the financial, financial crimes in history were allowed evidentiary. Uh, I mean, that just shows character. And no, just because you steal doesn't mean you're going to do, you know, the complete the worst of the worst. This man was just under pressure. And said, I think he did it. One of the things about this trial that really like compelled me was I lived in that town when I was younger. And I used to walk along the sands around those piers and like, not hunt for hermit crabs, but we would see them cr crawling on the sand. And like, oh, that was really cool. So I just kind of found it neat that it happened in like the area that I used to live in when I was younger. Way too young to be like hanging out with friends and partying and like going around on boats. But it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful land down there. But these kids were only like 19. They weren't old enough to be riding around drunk on a boat either. And I don't think anybody should be driving a boat under the influence. And if none of that happened, would any of this happen? If the boat hadn't wrecked and Mallory Beach, rest her soul, was still here, would Maggie and Paul Murdoch be here still? If you watch these documentaries that have aired recently, people that know the family have indicated that the two boys were allowed to just do whatever they wanted. That, you know, it, it's your last name. You can do whatever you want. Nobody's going to stop you. Guys, take note. Raise your kids to have some, you know, some heart, some character. Nobody's name can should be able to get them out of anything. And that's why these families were so upset is because they, they're like, the kid's a Murdoch. He's going to get away with this. For a year and a half, this man was just adamant about not being down at them kennels. And then the footage, Paul's phone's unlocked and the, the footage is released. I'm sure he was sweating in his britches. But I'm, who knows? Maybe he was already, like, contemplating, like, a new story. I don't know. So many theories in wormholes we could go down and questions. All we know is he was found guilty. And there was enough evidence, even the judge said, without the jury present, that he felt that there was enough evidence to, for this man to be convicted. And the jury felt the same within three hours. Two hours and 53 minutes, maybe? I could be wrong on those numbers, but it was under three hours that the verdict had came, come in. I could go on for a long time about this, but I'm going to end it here.
And if you have any thoughts or questions or, you know, theories, let me know. Has this, this spider of many webs in his time. And there's a lot they're digging up right now. Oh, oh no. Oh, no pun intended on that one. Um, sorry, guys. That was not intended, but, um. I don't think there's an easy segue into next week's episode. But next week, my husband Jeremy is going to be with us. And you're going to get to know a little bit about him. And hopefully you get a little taste of why we created the Chatterbox. So until next week, guys. We'll talk to you then.